Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel L. Conan and Dennis Dick. We have a busy show this morning. A lot of earnings, a lot of non-earnings movers. Uh, stocks like Hertz have news and L Brands. Uh, so we'll get through those as well. Pfizer is big news this morning. We're going to talk about the continued dash for trash this morning. Uh, stocks most impacted by this crisis being bought. Uh, we're going to be joined by Nick Shaheen, author of Create Income with Option Spreads. He will join the show in about 35 minutes or so. And before I throw it to Joe, I want to make a quick announcement. We did a soft test yesterday, and it worked. So I'm going to announce it now today. Something we've been working on for a long time here at Benzinga. Uh, finally, pre-market prep is available in Benzinga Pro. So there is now a way to chat and watch the show in the Benzinga Pro platform. You just log in. You go to the little chat button on the sidebar there, and there's a pre-market prep chat room with the video working and the chat. So I want to welcome everyone listening to the show through Benzinga Pro. Uh, we're very excited about that. It's been a long time coming. Uh, so that's my big announcement. Now I want to throw it to Joel here, and Joel, give us a quick recap on what happened overnight. All right, you'll have to keep an eye on that one because I could only manage two <laughs> chats here. So uh, a lot of chat action here. Uh, strong follow-through from uh, yesterday's close. Uh, we're trading up 32 handles at 28.57 and a half. Uh, found a bid right beneath the closing price from yesterday, which is 28.25 and a quarter. Your pre-market low at 24.50. Rallied up to 28.65. Not much up there, folks, except uh, a weekly number and uh, Friday's inner day high. Uh, interestingly, they tried to bust it here like around 4 a.m. when stocks open. They got it pretty close to uh, near the low, but uh, rebounded again. I think a lot can be attributed to the rally in crude oil. Crude trading up a buck 93 at 24.71. This would be the July contract. I guess people are leaving their homes and going immediately to the gas station and purchasing oil-related products here after the lockdown. Gold down 11.10 at 17.02.20. Silver going the opposite way, up nearly five cents at uh, 14.84. Bitcoin still dancing around 9,000. Uh, you have it down $25 at 8,910. Uh, Triple D, a lot of earnings, not major companies, but uh, we have some stocks on the move this morning. Lots of stocks on the move. We even got a merger, a takeover. When's the last time we had a takeover? Spencer Israel, you're all over this. It's been a long time. 
when is the last time? Uh, it's been a long time. time. We used to have Merger Monday or Merger Tuesday. We used uh, to get a couple, one here, one there. We got a few every once in a while, and it's not a big deal, but we have a deal. What's the deal? Give me the deal. Wait, exciting, yeah, a deal. I, I lost it for a second. Let me get it back here. <laughs> Sorry. Alexion so, Pharmaceuticals by it, it, some so little long. company. Yeah, it's been so long since I had to look through mergers. All right, uh, Alexion bought, is buying uh, Portola Farmer, so ALXN is buying PTLA. Those are the two tickers there for $18 a share in cash. Small deal. So you're seeing the stock, uh, $18 it sounds like in cash, and the stock is up 131% to 1793 So the PTLA shareholder is rewarded. If I was in there, I wouldn't stick around for the last seven cents. I would just <laughs> move on. But um, Alexion, again, this is a small deal for them. So it is trading down slightly in the pre-market. But typically when you see a $22 billion company buying a company in the millions of dollars, I, I, maybe it's a, like you said, $1.3 billion or whatever it is. It's a pretty small deal. So I don't expect this thing to fall like 5% because they did a deal. Um, often, you know, when they're that small, they don't really have that much response at all. But it is trading slightly down because they did pay a premium. What uh, what do they have in the pipeline? Is there something uh, in particular that uh, Lexion was going after? I don't I don't really follow. No idea. Uh, no, no idea. Nothing. Sorry, because that stock was dead in the water for a long time. Alexion, not one of your better pharmaceutical biotech performers here, but uh, getting hit today. Bull move. That's all I have to say. Making an acquisition here, not a huge one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want some growth. It's a small deal. Yeah, 100 bucks. Is... I'm going to say 100 bucks. You know why? Because that's where you broke out from there back in April. I see we're down. That. We're offered 102.50 right now. We just traded 102. I, I think it could bounce at 100. I don't know if I want to be the first person buying there, but it's very thin. It's $100 bid right now to 102.50 offer. And they're, they don't like people doing deals. So I'm not surprised stock is trading slightly down. But again, I don't think it's going to fall 10% because it's a pretty small deal. You know, we, we've seen in the past, they're knock the acquirers, but that's usually on deals that are substantial. This is a pretty small deal for ALX. And you're talking about, a, you know, at a, a, a you know, fraction, like three, 4% of their market cap. So pretty small deal. Uh, that area you're talking about, Dennis, would uh, fulfill a, uh, a, a gap in price when you, big day on April 20th, when this thing gapped up, you left, uh, you left some air between, uh, well, like two days in a row, it gapped up, but $100 right there, uh, a low and a high from that area back in the uh, middle of August. Uh, Dennis, before we move on, there was a yeah. question early in the chat here uh -oh. for a new listener. I don't know uh -oh. if he's still around, Joseph about uh, dark pools. Oh, you want a market structure lesson at 8.07 in the morning or 5.07 on the West Coast? We can do it. Can you keep it to 97 seconds? 97 seconds for Connor McDavid, 97. I like that number. Uh, what's the question? Uh, does anyone know how to access pricing action for dark pool trading? So far, I found FINRA transparency data, but only has volume and no price action. Okay, so all dark pool trades are reported the consolidated tape. Um, so they all come onto the tape, and Greg have found a nice link. I believe that is since 2014. So they are reported to the tape. Um, you, you just got to set in, it depends. And the consolidated tape is, is the tape in the U.S. that reports all trades going through. They have different tapes, and in some cases over, if you're in Europe, it's all different over there. The consolidated tape in the U.S. does show dark pool trades. They will show up under FINRA TRF, FINRA Trade Reporting Facility. So all off-exchange trades, 
just blanket show up as FINRA trade reporting facility. They need more transparency. We've talked about this. Uh, I've talked about this even to the regulators because they don't have to break it up by venue. So you won't see, you know, a specific dark pool name there. You just see it just blanketed FINRA trade reporting facility. And off exchange trades are, I believe, 35%. I haven't looked at stats recently, but it's somewhere between 35 and 38% of overall market volume, so they are substantial. So if you're looking at your consolidated tape and you see FINRA trade reporting facility, those can be made up of dark pool trades. They can also be made up of off exchange market making trades, internalizers we call them. That's a significant volume. They could be made you know, of trades like from LiquidNet, you know, institutional trades that they're just crossing and matching um, in the LiquidNet trading uh, reporting facility there, um, so, or in the, in the reported to the FINRA trade reporting facility. So you can see there's a lot of different stuff that FINRA just grabs, but all of this stuff is happening off exchange. What does that mean? It means it's not happening, this volume is not on the exchange itself. So it is happening in a different uh, vehicle. So the main, main three, I would say off exchange market making, which is probably a good chunk, a significant chunk maybe, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but think about like 20% probably of your volume, maybe even more than that. Uh, Citadel, UBS, they have their own market making units. They report those trades. They trade directly against retail order flow. We've talked about that before. And then they report the trades back to the FINRA trade reporting facility. And then you have off exchange, you know, you have different dark pools. There's like 40 of them out there. They're, it's changing all the time. There could even be 50. There's a lot of different dark pools. Um, you know, a lot of different brokers have their own pools. And then you have, you know, you, you have different crossing networks too. Uh, where big institutions can cross trades as well. So there's a lot of, you know, things that are happening in the dark. We, before 2000, well, from Greg's link, before 2014, we didn't even have full transparency there. So at least we have post-trade transparency. What does that mean? After the trade occurs, we see it hit the tape. There's no pre-trade transparency on dark pools because that's why they're dark. So you don't see a bid and an offer, um, obviously. Um, but I would like to see more information instead of just blanketing calling all FINRA TRF or FINRA trade reporting facility, it would be nice to see, hey, this trade happened here. This trade happened there. This trade happened at Liquid. This trade happened at this uh, dark pool. This tr trade happened at PDQ. This is, you know, there, there's, there's all different, you know, um, exchange or uh, off exchange places for trades to happen. Do you use it much though, Dennis? You, I have I access mean... to a number of pools. I don't use them much. I don't use them much. But is we there do an have edge? Access to a few. Do you have an edge by using those, do you think? You know what? If the market is slow, here, here's, a, here's, here's a point. If the market is slow, and not in these markets, but back, you know, 2019, VIX is at 11. Sometimes you can find a better price if you go searching around in the dark. So you can take your order and send it through a bunch of pools and see if you can get a little better price than what's on the offer. But what's happening is when your order is going and routing out through a bunch of pools or looking for different places, um, you could end up missing the offer. So when I'm in a hurry to just get the trade, I just lift the offer. I don't mess around in the dark. So if the trading is slow, sometimes you can find a little bit of better price. Also, you know, sometimes if you're an institution, I think as an institutional trader with big orders, sometimes you want to find a natural match. That's where like a place like LiquidNet comes into, you know, into play for them. Um, because big institution, the big fish wants to trade with the big fish. They don't want to bring the big order onto the exchange and then watch a bunch of high frequency traders run it up on them. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, the, so it's, it depends on who you are. I would say for the smaller retail trader, um, you don't really need it. Most of your retail trades, believe it or not, do go to uh, Citadel or to UBS or to off-exchange market makers. They don't go onto the exchange either. 
unless you're doing your own order routing. I know in interactive brokers, you can send your orders directly into the market, but a lot of your retail brokers, actually your orders, you'll see the subpenny price improvement you get all the time. If you get a subpenny price improvement, that order did not happen on the exchange for the most part. It's usually kicked back from an off exchange market maker. So, but I'm probably making your head spin with this, that much market structure. Yeah, 97 seconds 97 is seconds off. is over, so we're gonna stop. Greg says 40% volume. I, that's about right. Somewhere between 35 and 40%. I haven't looked at numbers. I haven't been looked. The, the, the markets are pretty crazy here, and I haven't looked in really studied market structure really closely in the last couple of years. I look and I read the odd article. I used to do a lot on market structure, but I got two young kids now. I trade full time, so I don't do as much market structure work as I used to. So I don't know the current numbers on off exchange trades and dark pools. But 40% sounds right. Okay, so where would you like to go? We can go to the earnings. We can go to L Brands, which is, I guess, our disaster stock of the day. We can go to uh, Pfizer had big news. Where would you like to go? What's the Pfizer news? Pfizer had drug news this morning. Uh, they're, they're, in, they're in the vaccine game, the COVID yeah. vaccine game, with uh, BioNTech, ticker is BNTX on that. Yeah. And the first participants in the U.S. trial uh, have, have received uh, the vaccine. So, uh, um, uh, so they are, they're active in the U S in trial participants have the vaccine in the U S and now it's a waiting game, but they are, everybody's going to be coming out with their vaccine. I mean, this is the issue here and this is why I'm going to continue to say buy and dips and sell and rips. What do I mean by selling the rips? Selling the rallies. So you're, when, you, when you see the market rally 1,000 points in a few days, it's a selling opportunity. When you see the market sell off 1,000 points in a few days, it's a buying opportunity. That's going to continue to be the story because you're going to have headlines that are coming out positive and negative all the time. The positive ones are going to be, hey, we got some you know, vaccine. We've got every company working on a vaccine. You're going to have a lot of headlines coming in the next six months to a year on vaccine news, therapy news, different things. Oh, this drug looks pretty good. And it could get a lot of little rallies from that. But also, you know, we're still with the virus. We're going to have, you know, scary headlines still coming at us as well. You know, like last week with the Washington Post article um, that I had actually, you know, not read, but we'd heard about, you know, the COVID causing some clots and some people, some younger people have actually been having strokes with COVID, which is scary. I mean, there's, 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 you know, and I think a little bit of last week's self might have had to do with some, some of that as well. People, you know, uh, just, you know, there's a lot of news flow that's going to be coming in, but we are in a trading range, traded technically here right now, I would say. Um, we got back down right yesterday to the area of the 50% retracement where we talked about. Joel talked about that 279, the 50% retracement of the overall move uh, when we went down from 330 down to the 220 on SPY. And then we yep, came back right up back to, to the 279. We kissed it again and we bounced right off of it. So yesterday morning, if you were selling stocks, you were doing it backwards. And we talked about it on the show. I mean, the selling opportunity was the Wednesday and Thursday, and then we sold off. And now we're in the middle of it. So, you, you, but you just saw, a, you know, a 70 point S&P rally in the last day and a half. So if you're coming and buying stocks now, the buying opportunity was yesterday morning. I actually did do some buying yesterday morning. I bought two stocks in my longer-term portfolio, and you're not going to believe the stock that I put in there. I know. I'm going to let you know, Joel. Out. Guess, Spencer Israel. What uh, stock? Do, oh, do you know? Did I tell no. you? No. If you did, I wasn't I listening. bought two stocks. You won't <laughs> guess one. One's Glue Mobile. And the reason I bought that was because of uh, Pactor on our show. Remember Pactor last week? Michael yeah. Pactor was on, and he said, "Did you mention Glue Mobile?" Yes, bought, he did. He said it was well positioned. You've bought Glue before. I have. I, I I played Glue once before yeah. I did, so I wanted to get Glue back. It pulled back a little bit. Uh, 
if I pulled back, I wish I would have got the day before, but I pulled back. I started seeing stocks like Activision Blizzard rallying and Zynga and, and having a pretty good day. My take two was rallying. I was like, you know what? They might start picking up Glue Mobile too. And I don't mind the way this chart looks. So I bought Glue Mobile yesterday. That was, but, but I put a big one in there and I actually took a double sized position. Woohoo! So not a half size position, a double sized position. Joel knows the stock. Yes. Was it Chat, Amazon? Yes. Was it Amazon? It's a stock that Spinner knows. I told Spinner. Oh, Spinner, don't tell. Don't tell. I told him on. I told him on. It goes against Dennis's. It goes totally DFA. against what I would normally put in my portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it Roku? Oh, you're close. You're, you're close. on the right train of thought, but think bigger. Big, big stock. Think, think huge. Think like of the, the biggest. One of the big. biggest stocks. The biggest stock. I believe it's the biggest stock by market cap. Amazon or Microsoft? I did. I put Amazon in. I bought oh. Amazon. And the reason I put a double size position on is because I didn't just want it for an investment. I wanted it for a trade. I think the story here is going to stay intact regardless of whether we're in a lockdown or not. I said on the show yesterday that I would be buying the pullback. We were trading down. The you pre-market. did. I did say that yesterday, and then I came in after the open. I was like, you know what? I said it on the show. I'm actually going to buy the pullback. And my timing was perfect because this is how I said it. This is how I was looking at it. I, I, I use the Joel Alconin method where he looks at you know lows from the previous day or highs from the previous day, and we look for two lows in a row or two highs in a row. Previous day low, the, day, the low from May the 1st was 2258. Yesterday, it was trading in the pre-market, traded down to 2256, which is very close on a $2,000. That's close enough. Double bottom. And then it was sitting there and it was like, you know what? I think we're going to rally. And then what I saw happening was Teladoc started rallying. You know, if you look at TDOC in the morning and Zoom started rallying. And I'm like, they're going to start ripping the COVID plays. Activision Blizzard started rallying. I'm like, they're starting to buy the COVID plays and Amazon or, or the lockdown plays, the COVID lockdown stocks. Right. We have a whole list of them. And I'm like, Amazon fits that bill too. It's down significantly from where it was two days ago. Obviously, we know um, they had the sell-off after earnings, got up to 2475. So it's basically peeled off 200 points in two days. I'm like, I think I'm going to start, you know, I think that that could potentially put in the, the two lows in a row. We call that a double bottom, me and Joel. I know technicians don't like it when we say that because they like to see the longer term charts, but me and Joel are shorter term traders. So two, two lows in a row, I call a little double bottom. I thought that low could hold. So I said to myself, I'm going to buy a double size position. If it takes out that low, I'm going to sell the trade portion of it. But I still wanted to hold on to Amazon. I've wanted in my portfolio for a while. Yes, the valuation is extreme, but I think the story carries the stock. And I think eventually Amazon could be a $3,000 stock. So the trade portion I will probably sell when we get back to over 2400 uh, But the, but the, the longer portion of it, like I, like I said, I took a double size position. I'm going to try to hold for a while. So I think the story is going to be intact for a while for Amazon. All right. And uh, let's see how long you can hold on to that. Trading up $17. Uh, nice pullback off earnings, the revenue beat. I mean, they just, it had such a run up. And then everyone jumped in the pool on the close the day before the print. And you had some selling. You came down. Dennis, if you even would have went a little farther back, you had another low at 22.45. So that's just. I like the real- level. Yeah, like nice area. Um, let's see. I mean, we're going to get half of what we let's call it uh, 2475, 250 point move, 125, uh, 2275, or excuse me, 2375. That's your first target there. Uh, so maybe we'll see, on the we, trade portion of it. Yeah, if it got on up the another trade 60 portion. points. 
But the uh, other part I want to hold. I've wanted it in there for a while. I just think I see Shopify too. Oh my god, that's gonna make all time highs today. And I'm mad at myself. I sold it because it went up too far, and I didn't rebuy it. I had one chance really to rebuy when I had the ugly candle. I actually put the short on and covered it down there. I guess I should have went long when I covered my short, but it's hard to do that sometimes. Uh, this looks like it's this consolidation station to break out. And Joel, uh, I got this one right yesterday. I think you had it. I was wrong. Saying, Take the other side. At least wrong. off the bat, you're wrong yep. initially, but you're down 50 points already because it was 620. It's 670 here now. I, I think Shopify is eventually going to a thousand bucks. I said it yesterday on the show. I'm going to say it again. I hope I get another pullback to get back in this thing, but this thing's in breakout mode here now. Yes, the valuation makes zero sense, but again, they're just buying stocks that you know sell stuff online. Here's the platform that helps every small business to sell stuff online. So Shopify is just loved by this market. It was loved before we were in COVID. It's loved after COVID. Shopify is just loved. Again, the Canadian aspect of it, I love too. I wish I still owned it. I wish I wouldn't have sold it. Um, and now I'm going to end up chasing it probably to get it back. All right. Let's go. Speaking of online selling here, let's go to Wayfair. And Dennis, have you looked at this chart, this chart lately? It's been incredible. Like what is going on with W? And I traded this last night. I traded this because somebody wanted it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll buy it along with them. And somebody was a stepping up. It was a step up buyer. I went to 139, went up five points last night ahead of the report. It reports earnings. Spencer Israel, give us the numbers. And they are nothing to scream about. Give, give us the numbers. Well, yeah, okay. So e- e- uh, adjusted EPS, law, they beat the estimate, but they lost $2.30 last quarter. The estimate was a loss of $2.60. So it, it was a loss, but they beat the estimate. Sales were in line. So, yeah, that's not amazing. Inline sales at no. $2.3 billion. So, <laughs> so, so they were fine. They, Here's they were- a stock. That has, in the last month, went from $45 to now $151. The stock has tripled in the last month. They're losing money, and it's in line. But you want to know something? They, they specialize in selling stuff online, and that's all people care about right now. It's got a story, whether it's furniture or whether whatever it is. Even the sales weren't that great. I mean, they weren't even that great. These numbers were not good to justify this move. Like, and you know, because it's already had a big move, but you know what? You're just screwing shorts left, right, and center. Is it Citron? Who's the active or who's the? Uh, who's the yeah, 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 it's Citron. Is Citron the bearish this thing? I believe so. I hope, he, I hope Andrew ago. Left got covered because they are ripping his head off if they didn't. This thing is ripping shorts apart. What's the short interest on this puppy? Mm, I can look it up. I think uh, it's high, and, <laughs> and they're getting hit. We uh we talked about this on the uh, uh um after the close. Oh, 30, I got 35%. Oh. Okay, so it's a yeah, 33. It's a moving target. 33%. Shorts are just absolutely getting this is your classic. The shorts come in probably this morning. It was trading down the pre-market earlier on the report. And there, sorry, Joel, interrupt you. I just want to finish the thought. That's, that's I'm go. used to it. But yeah, I'm, no, I know I because I'm your mom's gonna <laughs> get mad at you again <laughs> i hope your mom's listening it's not the canadian i, I know my mom's gonna <laughs> yell at me actually my mom texted me last time she's like stop interrupting joel <laughs> and she's got a good point i was like i actually felt bad and i apologize if it's that bad that my mom's noticing that's pretty bad but i'm like i interrupt him every day mom <laughs> maybe you should watch the show more often all right go Anyways, go do a fair story 35 you're ripping the shorts off this is a short squeeze if you're short and you're like oh this report was no good they're gonna come back in uh 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 uh, uh not so fast 35 percent short interest let's squeeze them they sell stuff online they don't have physical stores 
they don't care about the sales weren't that great. They, all they care about is the setup for this is that people shop from home right now. And that's how you buy stuff on Wayfair. And it is hot, 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 hot. Uh, we were talking about this one, as I said, on the uh, on the show yesterday afternoon. And I think what happened, you had that gap up like around 70. And I think some of the shorts just kind of like, well, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Right. I'm not, I'm, you know, maybe I'll sell a little bit more. Maybe we'll come in and fill the gap. And then it just, the, the bots took over. I was talking about this one. I did not want to have any position going into uh, to the report, uh, especially not short. You did get a dip. And believe it or not, 123.03, uh, that is your pre-market low. Look on your dailies. And you had a couple levels there. You had a low at uh, 2251, 1970, 2230, 2231. So that was, that was a great area of support. And uh, really, the path of least resistance obviously is higher here. We are approaching, what do we got? 154.41. July high, 2019, folks, if you're looking for a target. Uh, the all-time high in the issue. I mean, you got some monthly highs to get 10 with. You probably won't make a new all-time high today. 173.72. But uh, impressive move here, moving oh. up, and shorts are having some. Just squeeze the life squeeze right out of me. them. Holy. Yep. Um, and so I, I don't know. Like, a, how do you – I don't want to stop a rocket ship here, so I'm going to say I'm not trying to short that thing. No I way. I can see the shorts getting killed here on it. Yes, valuation doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense in Shopify either. But, again – Anybody who sells anything online right now is getting. We should you know, sell something online. Blood. What do we? Yeah. Do? We should sell something. We don't sell anything. Me and Joel <laughs> just need to sell something. We do a show online. We sell nothing. <laughs> we just give everything away. We're like Santa Claus over here. We just give away all. Our AMD, real quick. Uh, someone asked about AMD. Sold off off earnings. It filled the gap uh, that it had from April thirteenth. You got a yeah. nice little double bottom. Uh, not quite. 4909 it looks like it's going to at least take back half of this uh post earnings decline trading up a buck six at 5362 pair of highs earnings day high 5486 the next day high 5429 so a couple levels to keep an eye on here on the upside amd s&p's approaching the highs of the session uh 2865 we're traded 63 and a quarter uh, I've got a lot of time left here before that 9.30 opening. The buying opportunities yesterday morning. I bought Amazon and Glue Mobile. I put two more stocks in. Um, I'm not chasing this. I'm not chasing anything right now. You are being punished in the last three weeks. You've been punished in the last two years when you're chasing moves. We rally 70, 80 S&P points, selling opportunity. We sell off 70, 80 S&P points, buying opportunity. It's just the way it's been. So traders market is going to continue to chop around for a long time because we aren't going to get any resolution on this COVID thing. You know, it's not, first of all, it's not going away. Second thing it's, you know, we've been in the lockdown, you know, there's not all of a sudden, you know, going to be a hundred thousand people dying a day. So, I mean, it, you're really just kind of in the COVID market and I think it's the fade trade continues to work. So we're ripping up. We're 70, 80 points higher than we were yesterday or 70 points higher than we were yesterday. I think it's a, if you're buying stuff yesterday morning, maybe this is the opportunity to sell into. Again, I'm probably going to hold on to some of those trades because I put them in the long-term account, except for a piece of the Amazon. And Joel's trying to give me a target. I don't know if I'm getting up to 2385. What did you say? 2385? Yeah. Yeah. I'll write it down and get up there. Maybe I sell a half of the trade. Okay. Uh, 130 let, points in let, two days would be pretty good. Let's go to, uh, we didn't do Hertz yet, did we? No. 
You want to go to bad news? We've been talking all good news. The good news show, Joel. All right. All right. Go ahead. Well, yeah. let, Hurt, let's, let's, do, let's do Avis and Hertz together here. So uh, Avis had earnings after the close yesterday. Q1 adjusted EPS, they lost $1.40 per share. I guess that's okay because they were supposed to lose $1.84. Sales, uh, $1.8 versus $1.77 billion. They anticipated revenue being 80% lower on a year-over-year basis in April and May. Uh, nothing good to say from them. And then it hurts. Uh, this is not a new report. This is, this is, this is reported as far back as last week, Thursday, I believe, but they are preparing to file bank for bankruptcy. So this is why it's hard to buy the dogs. Um, you know, the, the, the stocks that are really ground zero for this mean rental cars. Um, oh. they were hurting before, you know, Hertz has yeah, been hurting yeah. for years. I mean, look at the chart, go out to the monthlies. You can go, you know, and look in 2017, $52 and your $30. The trend was definitely down coming into COVID. And again, I've given the analogy where, you know, you had a lot of stocks that were maybe teetering on potential bankruptcy and they were sitting on the cliff and COVID pushed a few of them off. It appears that COVID has pushed Hertz off the cliff. Again, it's trading $2.40. So, you know, some people still speculating that, hey, maybe they won't have to go bankrupt. Maybe there'll be a last minute savior that comes in for them. Maybe there'll be something left for the equity shareholders. We know when stocks go bankrupt, they don't necessarily have to go to zero, at least right away. And in this case, it's not. Um, interesting trading action last night, just talking about the alternative uptick rule since we've started talking market structure. We might as well go into more of it. Um, this headline broke from Reuters. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to hit the bed. I'm, I want to go short Hertz. And I go to try to hit the bed. And I was like, oh, no, you need a tech because it's under the 10% rule. So alternative uptick rule applies when a stock falls 10%. Um, it applies for the remainder of that day and the following day. So uh, Hertz yesterday was indeed, and it applies to all sessions, pre-market after hours and you know, um, during the regular session as well. So it was uh, subject to the alternative uptick rule yesterday. Headline breaks, and there's a bit of 350. I would have hit the bit of 350 to, to go short all day long, but you couldn't. Then it's sitting, and there's 50,000 shares bidding at $3.40. And the, the, and the pile, it just they pile up on the offer. Hundreds of thousands of shares trying to hit the 340, but they can't. So these are all shorts trying to get short. But there's not one, and the only person that can hit the bid when you're under the alternative uptick rule is a long. So there's not one long in the whole entire world looking at the, at the headline that this is going into Reuters is breaking that they're preparing for bankruptcy. Not one long in the entire world for at least a minute. Like there, there's a couple little shares pecking away at it, but nobody big. It sat there for like, it felt like an eternity bidding 50,000 at $3.40. And finally, I even tweeted it out. I even tweeted out. I was like, if anybody's long, hurts. <laughs> like nobody can hit the, no short can hit the bid. But if you're long, you can get out at a pretty good price right now. At least, you know, a better price than you're going to be able to in five minutes. And then the stock tanked down to 267. Continue to tank down to $2.37. So don't tell me the alternative uptick rule doesn't work. It does. No shorts were hitting that 340. It was all that natural sellers. So and that was the idea. They were supposed to allow the natural seller to get out before the person who gets short. The problem is, is that there was people buying 341. And those are obviously uninformed traders. Anybody who's lifting the offer at 341, you're seeing a couple hundred shares here, a couple hundred shares there. So people who don't know what is going on here right now, and they're lifting those offers who are offered by the shorts. So, you know, I'm not saying the shorts are the people at fault here. I'm saying if 
you know, it would just price to where it wanted to be. It would have tanked down to $2.50. And the person who was lifting the offer at 341 probably could have got 251 So it's just inefficient, you know, and that's why I've always argued I don't think you need any uptick rules. But anyways, um, that's the story on Hertz. It was the slowest fall ever. It's still continuing to be a slow fall here this morning, although obviously, you know, it's bouncing around here now. So yeah, a little bit. Look at the bounce. What did it just do? Uh, what just happened on Hertz? I'm talking about it. It whoa, just bounced. Yeah, I just $3. watched Hertz. It's incredible. No, it just bounced 80 cents. Yeah, yeah it it's, um, somebody said something. I bet you I bet you Icon said he's throwing more money at it. Somebody just said something. That was two dollars and forty cents. It just rallied from two dollars and forty cents to three dollars and twenty cents and wow, I'm getting excited about This is what you buy buying it if you're showing it to for you is a risk. Maybe somebody's come and said something. Oh, we're gonna try to bail him out. Is yep. Icon still in there? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. But that's it's funny nice. that we were just talking about it. I and know. We I just saw it. out two forty, and then boom, it spikes to three twenty. So something happened right there. Somebody in the world said something because that was an incredible pop. Two dollars and forty cents to three. Somebody just you know made twenty five percent in seconds. Well, if you could sell, yeah, you got that. If you could that, sell, it was bad three twenty. You got to be pretty quick. Yeah, uh, three thirty six was a Still little bad pop there. Yeah, we'll see. Two point five and a lot of volume. Lo- that was looked a, like news. That didn't look like just that, yeah. That wasn't no that human. That felt like news. Yep. Maybe I. I think I don't know if Icon's still in. I don't know it, either so. if he if he bailed on it or not. Anybody well, know? If, we'll, we'll find out for sure. Uh, oh, I'm seeing that they got a forbearance agreement, but we'll find out for sure for Icon. Yeah. yeah. Next next week when when his. Oh great! Someone's what is a forbearance out. agreement? What does that mean? It means they don't have to pay their their rent or or they don't have to pay some bills basically so uh, so they get a little break 358 yeah. look at this it's it's for bears only <laughs> it's <laughs> hard to <laughs> short stocks <laughs> 360 look let's at this let's go hertz is on i can they're see on the comeback trail they're hiring uh OJ i'm, Simpson, I'm not touching uh, my money they're running out. He's running Just over suitcases. Just because they don't have to pay a few bills doesn't mean the stock's going back to 20 bucks. So, Do you remember when OJ used to jump over suitcases in the airport for Hertz commercials? Did he? too young. I, he, I actually remember that. Young. I, I, I remember I'm young, that. but I, I've seen those commercials. Okay. Yeah, that was a long... We should get OJ on the show. No, we shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. Him and Martin Screlly. We got Nick. Is Nick coming? <laughs> we already got Martin on. We already had Martin. We had him on before he went to jail. He was good. He even gave us a couple of good trading ideas. He did. He did. Jazz Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, Although I remember, it's down I, from there now. But I remember he gave us Jazz. Way up after he's. He I remember. I remember he gave us Jazz. That was his big he one. Said I love Jazz, and it was like at a hundred bucks or ninety dollars, and it ended yeah. up in the next month going to like hundred and forty. I was like, man, this merch. And he gave us a short too. Do you remember what the short was? Oh. Spencer, uh, he no, was so polite no. when he was on the show. We should show that clip. He was so <laughs> nice. Like he's yeah. so nasty. Like he's so like you know what he was saying to everybody else. But he was so polite on our show. He liked us. <laughs> he liked us. Uh, I I don't. Yeah, I mean he was. I think he was. Who doesn't like us? Too. Except for that one guy that time. we had on the show, and he called up and uh, wanted to get us fired. What was his name? Mojo Mike, we... a couple of those. Yeah. Was that, was that, was that Mojo <laughs> There's Mike? been a couple of yeah. those. We shouldn't give those names on the show. Okay, don't give those names. Okay. Uh, let's and the one on guy on. I hung up on because he was talking about high-frequency trading. Peter Schiff was I, mad at us, too. I'll give and, Peter and Schiff. And I Peter Schiff was really mad at us once. We had this high. <laughs> this guy was talking to this professor on, and he was talking about high-frequency trading and market structure. And uh, it was like at 929, we used to stay on later. And I go – have you ever traded? Have you ever been in the market? He goes, no. And I'm like, okay, we got to go end the show. Boom. Bye. <laughs> and he ended up calling. Yeah, I made any trades, but 
All right. right. Let's bring on our guest here. Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Joins us every other Tuesday. Nick, good morning. Good morning to you guys. What's going on, Nick? Well, I was uh, watching the Hertz as we were talking about it and then watching that candle go zippity-doo. So, yeah, that uh, headline <laughs> that broke. Forbearances. That's the key headline. Forbearances. Well, you, you know, that's part of the conversation right now, the forbearance thing, because um, – you know, I have Bank of America, and if you log into your app, you know, there's a big button. If you've been uh, negatively affected by COVID, uh, you can press here and push your payments out to the back end of the loan at no charge, no fee. Uh, it's not waive the payment, but push it to the back end, uh, with, and they won't report to you as far as credit event. Uh, how many people are going to push the button is the question, and how will that affect the bank's uh, balance sheets? I mean, not balance sheets, income statement for the next quarter. I'm still worried about the banks to a certain extent yeah. because they, all these little, you know, like no payment, no payment, well, no payment. Some of this got to add up eventually, doesn't it? Right. Well, that's what, that's my point. However, they've taken, they've uh, dialed up their, um, their accounting for it. So whatever you see in the stock price here in theory should be reflecting all that crap. Um, and, but will, will people remember that fact in three yeah. months when they report again? I mean, you look at a Wells Fargo, for instance, and I actually caught a downgrade. Yeah, and I didn't read sell, the note, yeah. but to sell at Atlantic today, underperform as their sell. Um, this stock, you think about how the market has rallied off the lows, and Wells Fargo is perilously close to the lows. I mean, we're two bucks off. 25.10 was the low back, you know, when everything bottomed in the, in the third week of March. And it's only 27.60 here this That's morning. I mean, you, you have not rallied much. And, and, and Wells Fargo has been the laggard of the group. But even the other ones, like Bank of America, not up that much from the lows. Like, there's been stocks we were looking at Wafer that are up 200% from those. Now, that's a different story. But there's a lot of other stocks that are up significantly from the lows. And not the banks. The banks have not participated that well. Well, yeah. Um, you know, they're the bunch that uh, they say they can't rally, right? So they're not sexy stocks in uh, under any circumstances so i was long the banks right but you know they were for a little bit uh when jp morgan spiked and all these guys spiked and i was lucky to be jp morgan long and wells fargo long i booked the jp morgan long too soon but it was fine um i exited my wells fargo last bit not too long ago um so it wasn't at the peak of my profits but i decided that i don't want to be long because i don't know how this is going to affect them to your point uh, so I would buy the dip by selling puts below them because they do have value. So that's the kind of put I would like to sell, but I'm not rushed to do it. Hey, Nick, uh, trade setup here. When we haven't had you do this in a long time, we're joined by Nick Shaheen. He's the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Joins us every other Tuesday with his technical and fundamental outlook on the market. Uh, Tom in the YouTube chat is looking at an April 290 put for this Friday. And he's thinking maybe you get a big sell-off here. I think I'm going to channel here, and Nick's going to say there's an uptrend here. If you think it's going down, instead of paying for the put premium, maybe sell a call spread a little bit higher. So uh, take uh, a look. On what? What is he trying to do? Apple. Apple. Oh, okay. Apple. <laughs> I'm sorry. Joel's just start talking. You know what stock he's like. Well, it could, be, it could be Apple. the S&P. You know, it could be the S&P. They're about the same. I try to guess it sometimes, and then I'll see, you know, the chart change or something. <laughs> Spencer had it. So what is he trying to do? Short Apple? Yeah. 290? Uh, two, okay. 290 put for this Thursday. Um, I don't like to trade this short term. So Correct. if I if I have that, uh, why not buy yourself a little bit extra time uh, if you have any conviction in your trade? 
uh, so not to be blown out by some headline that temporarily moves things around. So I'm not happy with the Apple price action and I, I wouldn't mind holding puts for a short period of time, knowing that it's not gonna, the premium is not gonna disappear on me. Uh, selling the call spread is also viable. I mean, you do this or you do that, you're gonna put money on risk one way or another. Um, and I would, if, if you don't have a lot of conviction and, and you're taking it this week to save money, I would suggest go out a few weeks and do it a wide put spread, debit. Uh, so you would have time and you wouldn't be as harsh in your bet. Because they'll just, I mean, I think too, just ahead of the Friday jobs number, which we all know is going to be bad, which is good for the market. I mean, it, they'll just chip away at that premium. Wait, how's that good for the market? Because he was joking, but not really. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, the higher unemployment goes, the higher the market goes. Oh, I see what you mean. (laughs) Where have you been? Come on. You know, the story, (laughs) can you tell me what's making the market rally today? I have the answer. I don't think you do. Oil. Yes. I would say, it's a dash for trash again. Like I just pointed at you at the screen. I just I got you. I got you. <laughs> retail, look banks, look at, oil. Look at the CL. Look at CL, the, the crude. This is, this is, you know, for decades, we haven't traded on oil fundamentals. We used to, market used to rally yep. with oil because it indicated growth, demand. So this is the, the time where that thing is coming back. So as far as oil spiking based on consumption, that speaks well to the economy. That hasn't happened in decades. In a decade, I should say decades. No, in, a long exactly time. Right. in a long time. Yeah. No, I mean, you get oil up two bucks. I mean, yeah. you're selling spoos in front of that. I mean, you know, you're, yeah. you're just hurt. You know, you're asking even, for even the USO, even the USO. I, I was going to ask. I was going to ask you if we can look at the USO. And, and it's even up today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, wow. listen, listen, this is, well, it reverse split. So this is an adjusted <laughs> price. Woo. So, so 20 bucks. The, um, the death of the USO as announced by Jim Cramer was greatly exaggerated, I guess. So, well, it's, you know, it's, t- it's tough to figure I this out <laughs> because they are constantly, they're, they're basically writing the book as they go now. And they're, they're, they're changing their, their, their holdings. They're and- traders. It's an actively managed fund right. now. So yeah, I went, I went of, long yeah. it. I went long it on the way down with a credit put spread that was 50 cent wide. And it was, you know, I collected. I remember that. Yeah, I collected. I ended up collecting 30 cents on a bet of 50 cents. So I'm risking 20 cents. So if I did 10 contracts, I'm risking, I'm risking $200 to make $300. Uh, you know, sitting on it and see what happens. Yeah, next time oil goes negative, I'm I'm buying it. I mean, it like <laughs> yeah, we were a little bit tough on that contract though. <laughs> People thought that and they got their I won't say the word on the show, but they're so, a blank blank handed. So yeah, so when when will they pay me to fill up my gas tank? I guess that's not going to happen, right? So this BS of oil. We going tried negative. the swimming pool thing. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, okay, so let's just fly through tickers here because lots of tickers okay. coming out. You're but wait, I, I we haven't did like long. a lightning round for Nick. We went, we went long team yesterday on oh, the team. breakout when it went to all time high. I don't know if you talked about it or not. No, we didn't. It's been a Somebody while. Somebody said, we "Well, team. where's the target?" I said, "I don't know. It's an open air." <laughs> <laughs> so it, it just went into all time high, and we went long it yesterday. So that looks good this morning. It looks at like one sixty six. Holy cow! Three dollars. Oh my god! Uh, everything just moving. Well, our, our Shopify. I don't know. If we're gonna get our Shopify back there, Nick. I I sold yeah. it now. It looks like it's ready to break out here again. New all time high this morning. I know. I, I I I was waiting for that stinking dip. It wouldn't come. Yeah, it did come. A little dip, not well, big enough. 
but I was short when it dipped. So I didn't have time to rebuy. <laughs> so I, I had participated on the way up and then participated on the way down. I expected to reload and I just missed it. Uh, oh, what do you do when you're caught like that? So are you still well, I'm not caught. Right I'm just out. I'm not caught. I mean, I'm just out, but I'll wait. There's no way I'm going to enter it. But now. you said you were short. So, and you said you didn't cover. So I don't understand. No, I did. No, no, no. I, oh, no, you did. Wait. Okay. I don't short like you. So, no. uh, so when I short, I buy a put spread like I just told the gentleman over there. So I bought a $10 wide put spread and it fell into it. I closed it and then I was hoping to buy it and I just couldn't. What about so, Snap? Snap. I haven't looked at it in a while. I, I missed the bottom. Towards the bottom, I would have sold puts with both hands when it was depressed, um, like at $8, but I missed it. Up here for Snap, I would rather chase it above 18 than to buy it here and hope it rallies because it looks like it would be a better entry point around 15. I'm not calling for it to go to 15, but I would rather enter it at 15. Um, and it will go by the way of the market. So I'm not, you know, I, I don't know how the markets are going to see the jobs report. Yeah. I, I have a feeling it's going to be worse than expected, which is what, 15% thereabouts? Um, About, know, yeah. There are a lot of people, I don't know if I said it on your show last couple of weeks, but I know a lot of people, my gym has like a different age group and different uh, status uh, and, and like um, different jobs. And there are a lot of hourlies, some well-to-do people. So it's kind of eclectic. And everybody that works around there, uh, everybody that is on the hourly, they're making more money being unemployed than actually going back to work. So a lot of them are opting not to go back to work. Yeah, but you're, you're gonna, you'll lose that designation. If you, if you are offered your job back and you don't go back to work, yeah. then you're going to lose your unemployment benefit. But how long is that going to wash out over? Two weeks, three weeks? I mean, is that going to happen, this, this report or not? So anyway, not I right. hope... Yeah. Right. Uh, what about the UAL, you know, just talking about, um, you know, employees and, and, and we, so here we loan them a bunch of money um, to get their payroll to, I believe they said September 30th, so they can't fire anybody. And then they had an internal to... memo leaked yesterday and they said they're going to lay off a whole bunch of people basically the first week of October as soon as they can. So, you know, U.S. government Fed loans them a bunch of money to keep everybody employed and they're just going to fire everybody once they, you know, the to September 30th, once that expires. I, I thought mean, I thought there's a oh I see so yeah they, they had to go till September 30th and they just found an internal memo this was on CNBC last night that says oh. they're gonna fire everybody in October. You're talking like about 30%. United Airline? Yeah, United. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it makes stocks, sense. You got to get you know you're gonna get smaller. You got to so, do it right. So but. the Buffett story yesterday, you can d debate it and really describe the problem for it, for the whole world. It's worth a note. Uh, usually he, he talks about buying companies that have a sustainable advantage for a long, you know, obviously for a long time, uh, like Starbucks, for example, you know, and, and all of these things. But in this case, he ditched the airlines because um, he believes that I'm interpreting his move. Yeah. Uh, he usually buys a dip. He goes, when my stock falls, it's on sale. I buy more. I'm happy. Yes. Yeah. And combine these two uh, logic, the, these two pieces of logic tells me that his, he dumped them because he knows they have a sustainable disadvantage for a long time. The authorities are talking about changing our lives forever. I think that's premature. Go and enforce your laws to make sure nobody breaks the law and releases junk in the air and causes everybody to die around the world rather than inconvenience 7 billion people who have been doing the right things for centuries. So it's, 
it's wrong to do what we did after 9-11, which is change the way we live and change the way we act, uh, which was inconvenient but justified. This is going to be a huge inconvenience at a huge cost to everybody, more intrusive than the 9-11 thing. Uh, and it's, it's just premature. Like the cost movie. is so incredible for what has happened here. And, you know, obviously we see we, Trump and he's, he's talking around, but it sounds like, you know, they're going to try to schedule this like a date. I mean, we, we made sure it happens. We decided, Hey, let's I've almost cussed. <laughs> let's mess well, up. Apparently it's okay. Cause Jason Rasnick does it. He's the boss. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no, okay. no, no, no. We're not going to start it though. Okay. So they, they decided to mess up the entire world's financial situation almost beyond repair on Tuesday. You know, that was just ridiculous. They went to the nuclear uh, option right away. There were parts of the world that were terrible. You should have locked those down. But to lock up the whole world blind is just... I don't know. Well, I mean, well we're could, reopening it now, Nick. So you're going to get your wish. Like I'm well, on the, and, and I, the I don't know if you're listening to my theory. I don't the know if damage. you're listening to me. me and Nick have had fights about this before. And, and <laughs> I've, I've had fights with this a lot with a lot of people. You fight with everybody. Well, I fight with everybody. Nick, Nick, Nick's a fighter too. We're scrappers. So it's, it's, you know, sometimes they just conflict, <laughs> but that's okay. We all have our opinions, but I'm firmly of the opinion. And I said this, you know, about a week ago that the world's kind of divided up in at least the U S and Canadian, Canadian say North America's divided up in like opinions of third, third, third. A third believe that this is just not much worse than the flu and let's open everything up. Uh, that's like maybe like you, Nick, I'm not going to say, but that's kind of what you've implied before. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum that I'm actually scared about this virus. And I would like to see, you know, the lockdown get more severe like they did in China where, you know, we try to, you know, minimize the, the damage from this virus even more because we see the social distancing, some people following it, some people not. We're not really enforcing it that much. And then he kind of got like a third in the middle. So when you get one person with the opinion that they're scared of the virus and the other person isn't scared of the virus, they're always going to fight. And you're never going to, you know, get like a happy meeting. Yeah. We're not going to meet in the middle on that. But, but it's so. not who's right or who's wrong. I'm saying... We don't know who's right or wrong. No, no. We it's, don't know. It's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing who's right or who's wrong. I'm arguing yeah. that if you change the world right now, like if you solve the COVID and then change the world right now as to how we operate, like how many seats in the theaters can we sell? How many planes on, seats on the plane can we sell? Uh, if we're going to have buses ever again run in the cities, um, what's the cab situation going to be like? If you think about it, they're going to change every gosh dang aspect of, of our lives to the point to where it's like you're going to say, screw it. Is there a city in this world that doesn't have all these? I will move there like right now. It's and scary. quit my job or everything because it is you cannot have everybody give you dirty look at the at the supermarket if you don't have uh, a mask on it is or not you cough if it's not yeah if it's not legal um, illegal for me to be without a mask on and you come to me to talk to me about a mask i'm gonna punch you in the throat because yeah. it is my decision to wear a mask if it's not illegal so i went to the grocery store the other day with my wife and we didn't have a mask on and a lot of people did so the cashier we knew, she came up, she goes, you know, you're like evil people right now here. She's whispering to us, but you're my heroes. You know, she's of the same opinion, but she's forced to wear a mask. Half the people that work there have their masks down there on their mouth, not their nose. And some of them are below on their, on, on their throat. It's just ridiculous. You, you either put us in the bubble or you just don't change our lives forever like right now. Well, it's I think, and there's a good point you're making here. I think we've kind of just done it wrong because we're kind of in the middle here where, well, we're kind of closed, we're kind of open. And so a lot of this, you know, inconveniencing maybe isn't even working at all because we're not doing it to the extreme measures that China did it. 
And, you know, and, you know, so maybe we're still going to get a significant spread happening here. So some of this almost feels like we might be doing it for nothing because we're not doing a, an extreme level. So, you know, we, we do see, you know, and, and Sweden was an interesting, we talked about this on the show yesterday, where they still have everything open. Yeah. But it's How are things there? Pardon me? How are things there? Well, what's interesting is there was a, a paper and Spencer, if, I don't know if you can show it again, I tweeted it out, but it's the people themselves are spooked and they're not going out. So it's, they actually looked, they said, they compared it to Colorado and Colorado is in lockdown and Sweden is open and Stockholm's open for business. But the transit systems are both running around the same percentages because the people in Stockholm are too scared to ride the transit. And I there's see. people who are still riding the transit. So yeah. it's like, even though it's open, it's not really open because not everybody's just right. following, just living which, their normal which, life. Which is more to my point, let us manage our stinking lives. Don't make us, force us to wear a mask every time we leave the house and not be able to talk to people. On Okay, so my wife and her friends uh, this Sunday went to the beach in San Diego. There were 200 cops. The, the relationship of people to, to cops were more cops than people. There, were, there weren't that many people. They sat down to eat a sandwich six feet apart in open air on the beach, actually not on the beach, on, on the road above the beach at, at a park bench. The cop came over and he said, you have to be moving. You cannot sit down. You're technically congregating or whatever. So she said, unless you're part of the same family. So she said, if I tell you that we are sisters, you would walk away. He goes, yep. And how ridiculous is that? The yeah. expense of having 200 cops on the beach to make you walk. Surfing is okay now, I guess, because they're moving, even though they sit together out there on the board while they catch uh, away for hours. But it's technically moving. It's just ridiculous. This is absolutely Nick, let's ridiculous. do Disney. Let's do Disney before we go. We got to, okay. yeah, we got to, we could, we could talk about this for yeah, like we're, we're hours. Never. So there, there's, we, just, yeah. there's people who have different opinions and we're all entitled yeah. to our opinions. I respect Nick's opinion. I'm sure he respects mine. We're going to live our lives. How well, we live our lives. not get crazy there. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. so Disney, Disney has been uh, stuck in a couple of ranges. So I have several lines and it popped and hit the blue line um, potential pop that I had, which is only leg one of an older um, level that I had. So it's, it's definitely stuck in a range. And the, there's another stock that is going to change forever. So oh, for I sure. used to say, let's catch the falling knife of Disney, but how is it going to have, uh, you know, the only thing that it has going for it right now is the, the platform, the streaming platform, which is not supposed to make money yet. So they're going to, are they going to raise the price in order to include the release of their movies in there too? That might be a solution for them. Are they going to be able to reopen the parks and what capacity are they going to be able to let people in? Uh, that's also going to change their fundamentals. So I really don't know enough of what their dollar used to come from, how much of it was from the park. So if you want to go fundamentally long, you should do some homework and find out how much of that dollar used to be from the parks, from the movies and from other ventures that they had. And how will this new streaming uh, service, which is super popular, is going to be able to save their butts? Yeah, and the crazy thing about Disney is the very, I guess, more than most other companies, is the very thing that was their strength is now their biggest weakness. Right? Crowds. They, have, they yeah. have, yeah, and but also like parks 
and movies and crowd. yeah yeah crowds you're right and but they were diversified in the crowd economy they had a, a bunch of different ways they can the, disney can can touch you in i think i think we just five different with, ways i think we just came up with a good term the crowd economy is screwed yeah totally um yeah. it out dude <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so i i i own this one and, and i'm nervous about the report here um yeah. So, but Nick, to answer your well, question. Well, if you own it, sell calls, covered calls, and buy puts, so you'll be protected for a period of time for almost yeah. free. Yeah, you, you know, you might be right. But to answer your question, they get about 25% of their revenue from the media networks, 26% from their parks and their products, 11% from studio entertainment, and 10% from uh, direct to consumer. And then there's some other stuff in there. But, uh, so about 50% or 40 to 60% is from actual crowds. So... Pretty, pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the new world is going to look for it. So I'll be more hesitant to buy the dip. Correct. So if it, if it falls below the century, if it falls below 100, it could go down to 92. Uh, and I think the COVID low should give you, okay, so this is where the world ended. Uh, that should be like the worst case scenario. And this is where you gauge how close to that worst case scenario you want to catch a falling night. I'd be comfortable around 94. Um, so let's see what happens. Well, let's see what they said. Yeah, it'll be a big one. Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Joins the show every other Tuesday. Nick, as always, thanks for the time and uh, be safe out there. This was fun. Thanks. All right. Uh, 8.57 here, guys. I wanted to get to Norwegian Airlines. Yeah, boy, oh boy, not good news. They, you know what, though? I, like, you could argue that this is good news because they're, they're trying to save their skin. They're trying to save their butts, which, which I, which, you know, which you can appreciate. But anyway, Norwegian is uh, two news items here. They got a $400 million investment, and also they are issuing a $350 million stock offering. So some dilution and an outside investment to report this morning. They're going to have to do dilution. We've talked yeah. about this. This is all of these companies are going to have to dilute their way out of this. And this is the issue. And, you know, people who continue to buy these stocks thinking they're going back to all-time highs eventually, I think are wrong. I believe they are wrong. Um, I think that we're going to, you know, re regardless of whether we just open everything up, there's going to be a, a, a significant portion of the population that's not going to go back to immediately living the way they were living. And I think the cruise lines are going to have significantly less volume for a long time. And I don't think that they've got the money at current to, to get themselves through this. So they're going to have to dilute their way out of this. So they're going to continue to raise money. It's going to be at the cost of dilution, meaning more shares out there selling shares to raise money to basically bridge themselves out of this. And, you know, at a certain point, some companies may not be able to raise that money, which were, you know, which hurts might be in that case. So it's hard to be an investor in the airlines, the cruise lines, the stocks that are at ground zero for this, for those reasons, not just the reasons that, you know, that, that we think about, but the dilution factor is a significant concern. Yeah, this is, isn't this the point? Isn't this why you go to the capital markets so you can do this sort of thing in times like these? This is why you go public, right? So you can raise money via an offering if you need it right now. So I, the, the people that are thinking that these companies aren't going to dilute their shareholders, I think are mistaken because this is why, you know, they're, they're, this is why there is blowback with Shake Shack getting the PPP loan because they can just go to the capital markets and raise money via an offering. So more more companies are going to do this. Is my point in, in saying that? Um, they right, have it, to. What's the yeah. alternative? Right. The this bankruptcy is, hurts. Right. Exactly. And what's the alternative? 
Hurts sure. faded off that move, uh, off that forbearance move back to you know back down Talk here three dollars. Yeah, got a little bit uh, of a pop there. Uh, Norwegian. I mean, you saw what Carnival's doing, right? They're like booking. I mean, that for August first, they're going to start opening up some ports and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I I'm not a good person to comment on cruise lines because I didn't like cruises before. All that's your happened. opinion, though. Cruises, yeah, that's cruises had a fine business before, so that point isn't right. Isn't True, nice. it's your it's up opinion. Up to Alaska, you got to take went, a cruise to Alaska. Yeah, you like that cruise. I went on one cruise before too, and I enjoyed it as well. Um, the cruises were, were fine. The businesses were fine. If not for the virus, they would be fine. Yep. But I'm still arguing that there's, you know, I, I just don't see people just jumping on and going on a cruise, even if we reopen and everything's, you know, back to normal, unless we have a vaccine, a therapy, of, you know, for for this. You know, and that would change everything. Like we said, a vaccine changes everything. A therapy that really works, that we're beating this thing, changes everything. But there's a lot of people who are still spooked about this. So I, I think this, this sums it up here. This is a headline from Menzingo Pro at 820. This is related to Norwegian cruise specifically. But uh, their 8K show has, you know, the risk factors and, and all this information about the company. Uh, they updated the risk factors to include a comment from the company's independent public accounting firm. Uh, for, quote, substantial doubt about the company's ability to continue as a going concern. Well, that's never good. That sums it up right there. That we just don't know that these companies will be able to, to get through this, that the, these cruise lines and airlines and uh, some hotels and tourism in general. So can I don't I think they can get through without dilution. Can I, I, I don't – go ahead. I was just going to say – Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, it's time to end the show, and we just keep talking over each other, I guess. But go, Joel. Go. I'm done. I'm done talking. Oh, that, you know that's not true. Um, <laughs> they need to cut down on the food at the buffets. If they cut that down by 25%, do you see how much food they have at those buffets that they probably end up throwing out? I think that's they, a feature, not a bug. Yeah, yeah. That's a but go ahead, Dennis. Make your comment. I love buffets. I love all this stuff. You know, I, I kind of miss that. We, my, me and my wife, my kids used to go to uh, the one Chinese buffet, the Mandarin here in Windsor, um, every Friday night. It was awesome. You know, right. but I mean, it's tough. Not you know, anymore. Not. Well, yeah. you get those shared utensils, right? So that that business in itself is going to struggle too for people yeah. to go. People don't want to go and grab the same utensil that everybody else is grabbing. Oh, I'm going to dip and grab my salad out of it. That's a tough business now all of a sudden. You know, that could be tough for a long time. I still think think Chipotle. Like, it took a year and a half to two years to get the confidence back for people to go and eat at Chipotle. It could take a year, even after this thing is gone, for the people to get the confidence back to continue to go. There's always going to be the 30 40% that are going to go back. But like we said with the airlines, they need 65% they need to run. At least that's what Delta said. It'd be a tough go. All right, there, there's a lot we didn't get to on the show. We didn't get to Beyond Me, the report after the close. We didn't get to QSR. They're up because Bill Ackman's building, building a stake there. We didn't get to L Brands. They're down because their deal to sell Victoria's Secret. What did we do all show? We I don't, know, I don't really know what, what we talked about. <laughs> but we didn't talk about any of that. Uh, regardless, Joel and I will, will uh, break uh, those names down in more at the 340 show. Uh, we can always discuss these things tomorrow, Beyond Meat, after the report. Uh, I want to thank our guest, Nick Shaheen. Thanks to all of you in our chat on YouTube, on premarket.benzinga.com, and on Benzinga Pro. We appreciate the uh, 
the participation as always catch a replay of this show on our youtube channel or via podcast on whatever podcast platform you prefer please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice and on that note i'm going to wrap it up everyone have a great rest of your day be safe wherever you are joel and i will be back with you at 3 40 eastern time